Welcome back, my fellow Hebrews in exile. It is episode number 28 with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Hey, let me ask you a question. Why isn't it common knowledge for Hebrews to understand that they come from the continent of Africa? I mean, scripture speaks about a group of people that went into Mitzrayim, which is Egypt, which is in the continent of Africa. And also scripture speaks about how this same group of people were dispersed to the four corners of the world from Africa. So in this episode, we're going to try to unpack that so you can get a better understanding about who you really are. Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. <laughs> and, and this, and is, this Hebrews is Hebrews in, in exile, exile somewhere. <laughs> okay. You know, there are a lot of questions concerning the diaspora. And people are... One of the, you know, we, we keep be crying the fact that Israel doesn't know who they are. And the reason that they don't know who they are is remain to being cut off um, culturally, physically, spiritually from everything that they were born into. Okay, And the exile out of the land of the continent of Africa and dispersed to the four corners of the world for this long period of time has created a disconnect. Mm. So... Now that we are in this alia, which is return back to the land, many people of color, particularly, are going back to the continent of Africa. Yeah, yeah, they are in various in various cities or whatever they boroughs or whatever they call them. Ghana, Nigeria, Nairobi, um, Kenya, Kenya, yeah. you know, and um, but a question was posed to me: How do I know that I am Hebrew? And it's a good question because many of the people of the father's people who are Hebrew. And, and Hebrew Israelites in, dispor in, in, in the diaspora don't know that they're Hebrew. Okay. So how can I tell that I am? How do I know that I am? Right. Yeah. Let's put, um, unpack that one. Yeah. Let's 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 deal with that. I pose that if you can trace your DNA back to the continent, then you are more than likely a Hebrew. 
I agree with you there. Yes. If you can trace your ancestry not only back to the continent in any area of the continent, because the whole continent of Africa is the father's land. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And Israel was given a specific portion of that land, which the Most High designated as the part of of the continent of Africa that flowed with milk and honey, mm -hmm. and that's South Africa. Okay. But if your ancestors were abducted off of the continent and brought to this country, it's a 99% chance that, or lifted off the continent of Africa and, and dispersed to any of the four regions of the world, the chances are that you are a Hebrew Israelite. Right. And when you initially posed that question kind of offline here, you, why I balked at that was, was, you know, because we have this issue in Africa where, and I think you eloquently answered the question very succinctly and very forthrightly. When you said, listen, trace it back, dispersion from the, the land, which is Africa, into the four corners of the world, wherever that may be, wherever you are. Because we also have this extra son that's in there that comes out of Noah, which is Ham. He yeah. also went into right. Africa as well. Right. But the issue here is which you put the nail in the coffin, which is the dysphoria is attached to... The children of Israel. The children of Israel. Yeah. So, right. by way of that. Now, while it is that the problems that people of color face, irrespective of where they come from, India, um, uh, Wherever, huh? Yeah, well, no, go ahead, go ahead. Wherever on this planet Earth where Mexico, sure, where people of color exist, and which is to say that the book of Davarim, as we always quote, and the mm -hmm. problems <clears throat> that are relative to people of color because of the idolatry. Mm -hmm. uh, causes us to realize that the information that's being presented is written to Hebrew Israel. Right. And we are the subjects of the wrath that the Most High has promised that he would bring to bear mm -hmm. upon his people for their idolatrous ways and they're abdicating him mm -hmm. and following after other Elohims and right. cultures and ways. Correct. L let me ask you this. In the same vein is that same question. Um, how do you know? <sighs> is it very possible, I should say this, that if you're not, Hebrew or identify, identify with that narrative. Can you be Hebrew? Oh, absolutely, because we have a mitzvot in the book of Vayikra, 
that tells us that we are to have respect for the foreigner mm-hmm. that lives with us. Yeah, there's a whole list of mitzvot yeah, that yeah, deal and, with <laughs> yeah that and that adapts themselves to the mitzvot, the commandments mm-hmm. of the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. and also um, resonates with the Elohim, Yahweh of Israel. Those individuals can also be, um, they're part of Israel, just as Ruth and Naomi, the story of Ruth and Naomi right, is concerned. Ruth was right. a Moabite woman right. that was uh, not Hebrew. No, she wasn't. No. She married Boaz, yep. and through Boaz, we have the lineage of, or the genealogies of King David mm-hmm. right. that comes out of that. So, right. so, being, um, so what we've defined here is that... We have Rahab. Yeah, Rahab, yeah. She was spared when they crossed over the the Jordan. She became a part of Israel and out of Rahab. Mm -hmm. uh, History also purports that there are a couple of prophets that are, and I know one prophet Mm. is is born through Rahab, or I forget now exactly where it is and how it is, but I know that she has a direct relationship, Mm. not being a Hebrew, but mm-hmm. being a part of Israel and also a contributor to the history of Israel, not just not just from the aspect of Jericho, but also after Israel came into the land, she assimilated mm-hmm. uh, into the ways of of the Hebrew people and became a part became, became a part of the, the Israel nation. Yeah, there's there's a, examples of individuals again that weren't. I don't want to bring this dude up because I know it's going to be like. A, a rabbit trail <laughs> we're gonna go down because <laughs> I brought him up this past weekend when I spoke but um, there's clearly examples so what we've kind of defined is this which is there is a bloodline that runs through Shem that speaks to people of Melanation that have been dispersed yeah. and those that have joined with that group of people to create the nation of Israel, of, of Israel yeah. so there's a bloodline just like you have family and that's a bloodline and people that marry into that bloodline have the same rights as everybody that's a part of the family. But, you know, the only thing that they don't share is just that blood component. But, yeah. you know, and so getting back, getting back to the problem <clears throat> that we're confronted with, which is the question and which is also not only the question, the identity, but also not the identity, but for the Hebrew people in their dispersion to awaken and recognize who they are. And if you're really, if you're really that, if you're really that concerned, then begin to start searching your, your, uh, your ancestry. Yeah. Good place to start. Because if you start searching your ancestry, uh, you'll find out that, yeah, um, you've got some Eurocentric, blood in you by virtue of the mm-hmm. fact that we've cohabited with the nations but your DNA probably from your father or from your mother would will more than likely give you a larger percentage of your DNA coming out of the continent of Africa. For example, I'm 75% Nigerian. Yeah, I was going to say you were, were you going to share that? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 75% Nigerian. I'm 2% European because I have a European name. I have a German name, Holman. Holman, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, so... 
So yeah, that's but also I have I, I, of of the of the one hundred percent of my DNA sampling, seventy five percent Nigerian, two percent European. I'm all I also have a percentage from the uh, of uh, from the continent of Africa, from the west side, which is Kenya. Really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which is over there, by the way, which we visited. Oh, yeah, we've been there. I've been there twice. Yeah, that uh, very close to the Rift Valley, which is, um, I think you had commented before, that right. that's the establishment right. of exactly. creation of, exactly. of, of man. So there. I would say to anyone who is querying, how do I know I'm a Hebrew? Uh, start with your DNA sampling. Uh, and you'll more than more than likely uh, recognize that a great part of your DNA comes out of the continent of Africa. Um, secondly, associate yourself with the um, problems that are associated with with black people. And I'm just now I'm saying black people. I'm not saying I'm not saying Hispanics. I'm not saying um, Chinese. I'm not saying. Uh, any like other, Indian or yeah, yeah no but being be just being black as a as a person mm-hmm. uh, you suffer under the calamities that the Most High has written in Scripture that Hebrew Israel would suffer and with that I mean I came to a quick realization hey this is talking about me yeah that book has and we've continued to say it that yeah. book is written about our history it's about us and it's about our history so that's that's where that's where i would start with this with this search of of trying to figure out whether or not i'm hebrew but setting that all of us setting that aside mm. whether or not whether you're hebrew or not the goal in life and the purpose for which the most high created mankind was that mankind would worship and that mankind would serve him. That was his purpose. Um, And it doesn't make any difference to him (coughs) what what ethnicity you are. The ethnicity is is not the issue. The issue is that you and I are on track with the parameters to gain eternal life. Right. And yeah. to, to, to find our way in the end of days back to the conditions that resided in the garden before the fall because that's, that's, that's the eighth day mm-hmm. um, uh, promises that the Most High has made uh, to 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 Israel to His people. Now, now, have we in this in this series? And you know, I got a, a old mind. Um, have we unpacked the issue of eternal life and the great beyond and the Hashemayim and am I going to heaven and do Hebrews go to heaven? That whole entire diatribe. No, no, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't gone there yet. But the here's. Here's the point. Here is a point that has to be that has to be made. And the point that has to be made, it doesn't matter who you are as a human being. If your goal and your insight is to gain eternal life, then the only way 
that's going to happen is by coming and joining with Israel, Hebrew Israel, because mm-hmm. is Hebrew Israel is the only nation that has been promised eternity. Right. Right. And you and, have a chance. Yeah. You got and there 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 and the most high has given us seven stages of life and of life and time to prepare ourselves. Actually he's given us eight stages to prepare ourselves to be a part of that. And we happen to be in the sixth stage, which is the stage of grace. And grace has been purported to the Hebrew nation because they are out of the land and the father, because they're out of the land, he doesn't annul Mm. or do away with the mitzvot. He just recognizes that in the exile, Hebrew Israel was not going to be able to perform many of the commandments that he had given us. There's no temple, there's no king, um, there's no land, there's no Kohanim in this exile. And many of the things that purport within the commandments require, you know, adherence to and or death for not doing it. Right, that's correct. So he recognized that in this exile that there was going to be a need for grace and mercy. Mm. And that's what the sixth day is about. It's this sixth six, six, six day that we're living in. It's about grace and mercy that spells us from from death and the and the various curses uh, that the mitzvahs would have been placed upon us and death for not adhering to. That's correct. You know what you just when while you're speaking there, um, you you gave me a clear picture of what long suffering. Is oh yeah when when people describe the Most High that oh oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> because I mean we're in a period like you said of grace where we just have unmitigated favor that you just do not deserve at all and to have the Most High be long suffering enough to be able to tolerate and say listen I'm going to give you an opportunity and I know you know because there's examples. In, in our history book where Israel, when the roller coaster book was one of them, when we get to uh, show team and the judges and Israel falls out, they get back on and they fall out again, they get back on. So this this issue of the Most High just really being long-suffering is just so so apparent. And, then, and it also brings to, to mind the issue of just how awesome the Most High is because, you know, I look at every other religion and their deity, and the Most High has something that no other one has, which is the ability, which is phenomenal, to deliver a people. There is no other narrative from any other religion that says that their God has delivered an entire group of people. It's maybe like saving one or two people, but I mean, or individuals, but a group, a, a nation, nation, a country. A nation, a nation of people of 603,000 men, not including... Uh, Levi. Not including uh, women and children, which when they left Mitzrayim was probably in the, in the, in the numbers of probably around 8 million people. And it's a stat that no one else has. And that is a miracle in itself because when you look at the state of reality now with... And I'm just going to talk about 
us because we're melanated people, we're African Americans, and we look at how hard it is for us to do anything to get our act together, to to come together as a people and move as a unit. It's difficult without a leader. Yeah. And, and that's only predicated on the fact that it hasn't got so bad enough to where we've cried out to the Most High and the Most High has sent, a.k.a. a Messiah, in order to lead us back. But, I mean, to your point, I mean, it's that whole dispensation of time that we're in, that sixth day, is just the yeah. definition of long suffering. Yeah, and see, the issue, the issue is, like I said, if the goal is to have eternal life, then the only way to eternal life is through the mitzvahs and the mitzvots and the commandments that the Most High has given us because he says, these that I've given to you, they shall be life to you. Right. When we read the narrative, he says, they shall be life to you. And the life is the continuation of life that, that brings us from a stage of being wickedness and totally cut off, cutting off, being cut off, meaning that in the in the mind of the Most High you don't exist, mm -hmm. and you can get to a point of eternally non-existence. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like wiping a uh, wiping an app off your desktop and it goes poof, and that app no longer program no longer exists because you just poofed it out. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the Most High is talking about, as opposed to living a life that is righteous according to what the Most High defines and bringing you into a time frame where that attitude can be expanded right, and further enriched mm -hmm. that allows a person to be able to uh, be prepared to enter into an eighth day and the majority of most people don't know that the Father has an eighth day. Yeah, and that's that, rarely talked about. Yeah, and that eighth day is the day of eternal of eternal uh, life living in the land with the Most High. Mm. Never ever to have to be subjected to anything that we're being subjected to now. I mean, a life of... It takes us back to the to the day when Israel lived in the land with bliss and with 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 glory and with all the royalty and all the everything that she ever had. The eighth day will be that glorious and more. Yeah, yeah. And and see that's the goal. And the goal is land and not heaven. There's yeah. no narrative. There's no narrative in scripture that ever, and I, when I talk about scripture now, you got to understand, I'm talking about Bereshit or Genesis to, to I'm talking about the Old Testament. There you go. <laughs> Let me just put right. it, I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about the Old Testament. You're going to whip all the Tanakh yeah, and all know, that. You're know, be like, huh? I'm talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the foundational document that explains the past, the present, and the future. Mm. And yeah. it's a sad, it's a sad point that that narrative has been corrupted by Eurocentrics, such as the Greeks and the Romans, but then you have to understand that what the Father has proposed for Israel would be corrupted by people who hate him and his people. Makes sense. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if the Greeks and the Romans hate, hate God and Israel, mm-hmm. well, it only stands to reason that they would do something to corrupt, to, to bring a breach or a disconnect so that his people would be confused about who's who. And that's where they are today. They're confused about who's who. Yeah. You get introduced to that confusion very, very early on. I mean, because the two mindsets are not separated. It's not explained that way. Mm -mm. So you don't have an opportunity to really deduce what's going on here. You have this Hellenistic uh, Greek god, uh, demigod thing going on over here versus... Um, the history of, of, of the Hebrew people, yeah. which uh, I'm going to make, when you said something about being in the land, when we experience, when we, the children of Israel, anytime that the Most High was with them, they experienced that bliss and we'll experience that again. Oh, absolutely. But I th- what I thought about was, you know, like our, you know, UK's government, United States government, it's like we live in a society and we think that, oh, we tout that the United States is one of the greatest countries on the face of the planet that's trillion dollars in debt. The Most High, when they lived with the Most High, there wasn't such a thing as being in debt. They, no. The Most High, they had to tell those people to stop bringing money. Right. Because they were so liquid. Right, right. So th- it's a whole nother... It's going to be interesting to experience it because it's not going to be a democracy. No. It won't be something where we, the people, say we want to change it. It's not going to be that way at all. So what we've gotten kind of used to in westernized culture won't be in place. No. To be in a part of a society and a culture that's liquid. Yes. <laughs> and then we have an opportunity to at least teach others so they can join in, so they can join into that eight-day experience. Yeah, so, so I mean, to, teachers. to incorporate this narrative into how do I know I'm Hebrew, well... The expectation, the expectation of the Hebrew nation and the Hebrew people who know who they are, this is what, this is the expectation that we live for. This is the reason why we follow the Torah and we follow the commandments of the Most High because there is going to be two more days. Mm-hmm. There's going to be two more days. There's going to be the Messianic era. And there's going to be the uh, the final the final day, which is the which is the uh, which is the eternal time, which is spoken about in the book of Zechariah. As a matter of fact, you know Zechariah talks about it uh, very fluently. Mm. But you know, people don't study. Yeah, that that's. And they don't re- and they don't read and and, and and here's the point. I mean, when I say they don't study. Maybe you're reading the Bible, but if you don't read the, if you don't read, and I don't want to read that, I don't want to talk about, not the Bible. (laughs) Bible, Bible comes from the word biblica. Biblica is a Greek term which is, which encompasses a Greek narrative. And it encompasses the fact that the Greeks, the Eurocentrics, uh, had the Hebrew language translated into their language so that they could further compromise the Hebrew mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't study the Old Testament in its in its in its in its reality without having a Hebraic mind, and you have to have a Hebraic mind, and you have to have someone that you trust to open up the scriptures and explain the scripture narrative to you in truth 
without mm-hmm. compromising anything and without spiritualizing it. Yeah, because I was getting ready to say that is that the uh, um, the narrative that's there. If someone was to approach it, I would say, listen, remove the spiritualization off of it, reanalyze the text from a standpoint, and I know it's been tainted already because most of us have got this narrative going on that says, listen, it's old, it's done away with, it's useless. Even in, I'm going to Hebrews chapter seven, where it talks about it is ineffective and weak. It specifically says that over there. You have to... Relieve yourself of that and relook at the text. Well, well, let's, wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. If you say that what the Most High said to Israel was ineffective and weak, you're saying that the Creator of all things who spoke is weak exactly. and ineffective. Right. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. That folds back on itself. That That's a huge hole. If you write and say that what the Most High said was weak and ineffective, you're saying that the Most High is weak and ineffective. Mm-hmm. That's not a good place to be. Yeah, that's that's a really egregious, bold statement to make. That's, and that- that's, not, that's not something that's going to endear you to God. Right. <laughs> and, or I'm going to put it this way wait. or it's not going to endear you to the God of Israel now there are other gods mm-hmm. correct yes and you know I was thinking today if you're from the nations you can do anything that you want Absolutely. to do you're not bound you're not bound by these laws which which once again gets me all stirred up with these, uh, with us, uh, what the Christian, uh, what do they call them? The, um, come on, you come on, come on, <laughs> come on, the, that's what the, come on, describe it to me. I, come on, I, I'm losing it. Uh, Christian what? These, um, <laughs> Beatitudes. No, 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 no. With fundamental, with with this fundamental Christian stuff. Oh, you talking? Oh, okay. Uh, like the fundamentalism, like the evangelical. Yeah, the evangelicals. Okay. See, the evangelicals want to use our Hebrew platform to establish their right to anything. You know. Yeah. Now, let, let 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 me be clear. Let me be clear. You can't say something's done away with and not applicable, weak and ineffective, then have a cause out there that you're that you're that you're ranting and raving about LGBT homosexuality. Right. That's in that's in what's been done away right. with. Right. That's under the law. Right. That's right. not part of your narrative. Right. You you can't you can't scream about about homosexual issues you can't scream about uh um um um, polygamy and all of these things those are in the hebrew narrative it's a slap in the face it really is because you're establishing your fundamentals off of what's in the hebrew text and then and then and then it's worthless and then you tell and then you turn around and say it's worthless and ineffective well, if it's ineffective, let it be ineffective to you. Right. Because it wasn't written to you. Mm-hmm. 
It was written to the nation of Hebrew Israel. The narrative was not written to the nations. It was written to and for Hebrew Israel. Mm -hmm. The nations are but a drop in a bucket to the Most High. He said, you can do whatever you want to do, but Israel can't. Right, right. I said Hebrew Israel can't. Right, right. I mean, let me be clear. Right. So that narrative in Hebrews uh, in the New Testament, uh, it clearly establishes we are something separate and different. We don't do any of this, but we get, it is funny because if you go back up, Bereshit 14 or uh, Genesis 14 is quoted, Psalms 110 is quoted, and that's a whole entire dissertation that's there. You establish yourself off of it. So just please stop using our narrative to establish yours. Go get something else. Go go get your own. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it go go get go get go get your own. Listen, let me and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not being a hater. But Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Mashe. Mm -hmm. The prophets are not your emissaries. Correct. They, they, are, they are the sages and they are the fathers of, once again, Hebrew, ethnically, Hebrew mm. Israel. Right. Right. And that's where it is. Right. And, and and you 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 can do I don't care what you do. You can go un unroll the Hebrew scroll, and what I'm saying is going to validate what I just said. Absolutely. Unequivocally, totally right. I'm not mad at the Oxenazi Jews. I, I applaud them. Mm -hmm. The Most High used them to preserve something that, that Hebrew Israel couldn't preserve in exile. I'm not left without a witness. And right you got to realize that he will use whoever whoever he wants to use to serve his divine purpose mm -hmm. for his people. Mm. Yeah. But the Oxenazi Jews are not ethnically Hebrew Israelites. Right. They're part of, they can be considered part of that group that is, they believe in the Most High. They've set hedges and things around the kind of like we to, talked to protect, to protect it, it so to speak but right but i'm sorry the most high doesn't need his word protected he said it mm. he put it in place you violate it you suffer the consequences absolutely as simple as that Absolutely. It's so simple. I, when I looked at, you know, um, when you mentioned the mitzvot earlier, when I um, was doing, I can always continuing to do study on the mitzvot because they're just ever so apparent. I see them all the time as I'm going throughout my day. But it's, it's a way of really establishing specificity. And there's nothing in those mitzvot because I want to eradicate this idea that, you know, this, this, they're, they're a yoke. And, and you can't use them. They're very much a tool. And because they're so specific on how we're supposed to function, it just gives me pause to say, wow, the Most High really, really 
wants his people to act in a certain way. Law, I mean, mitzvot on cleanliness, everything that we had questions about are answered hey. in, in the Hebrew text. Hey, you know what's interesting is that when you look at civilization in the world, the father's mitzvot are in play all over the place. They are. They're written into law, government, everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how do you feel, young man, about cohabiting with your mother? <laughs> no. no. Um, how do you feel, young man, about cohabiting with your sister or your 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 aunt? Yeah, these. In- how, how do you feel about that? Those incestuous things, yeah. I mean, the Most High is diabolically opposed to all of that. That's correct. Correct. And it's very clear about that. I mean, how do you feel about going to the grocery store and putting your vegetables in a scale and the scale is not correct? Mm. Mm-hmm. Weights and measures. Yeah, they're all oh, those misfits and they're wrong. The and so you you wind up paying more because the scale is off mm-hmm. or it's been contaminated, been messed with. That's a misfit. You shall not you shall not have ineffective weights and measures. Those are misfits. Those are in play in the world, and some of them are innate. So so the ignorance is gross because my people are destroyed for the want of knowledge. Mm. Won't study. No, and won't, no. won't, think, won't think it through. And you keep going in and listening to this narrative and telling us that, well, that's all under the law. Well, you, you have under the law in your civilization every day. Yeah, you're under the law every day. Every day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> there's some there's some aspect of the father's commandments that are in play every day. You can't go to the civil court of the United States of America. You can't go to the Supreme Court. You can't go to your state court, your city court, and do anything where the laws of the most high are not in play. Right. It's a reality. It's a reality. And what? Be- oh, I mean- oops! You didn't think about that. Well, <laughs> right? They're they're in play. Right. The Most High. The more and more we got into this early, early on, again, I realize that this just uh, the the parallel with living how we live and the realities of Scripture are such. They're such in parallel with each other. They're such in concert with each other. It's, it's not even funny. It's such an easy way to think and acquiesce to instead of trying to debunk everything and say that it doesn't work. You know, the Most High set these things in I mean, place for our benefit. I mean, w- women, women, uh, when you're in Nida, and that is in your menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. uh, do you practice cleanliness? You should. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, it's it's a commandment of the Most High. That's right. It's a misvote. That's right. That's right. There's... Unless you're just nasty. <laughs> right. I'm just going to say it like it is. Unless oh, yeah. you're just nasty. Yeah. And these things are, again, it's specificity and it's spelled out. 
When you're across the street, there's nothing that talks about that. You could again because across the street is diff is a different religion. And you so eloquently put earlier, you can do whatever you, you want. You can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter if you're of the nations. You can do whatever you want to do. These commandments, these mitzvahs that you say have been done away with, that's fine. They weren't written for you. Mm-hmm. They were written for Hebrew. Ethnic Hebrew Israel and those who desire to join with Israel. That's who they were written for. Mm-hmm. So it's really all encompassing for a person to kind of, again, I think the, probably the biggest thing is to really just to strip all that extra minutia of stuff that we've got coming out of slavery, all that off of text and just read it in its organic state. Yeah. If you have questions, there's yeah. outlets like us. We can, we again, I think we made the plea last time we did a podcast to send us your questions. Yeah, and I forgot to do that when we opened tonight because yeah. you, you jumped in. <laughs> I threw you off when that's at the beginning. Yeah, but I mean, anywhere that you're listening to this podcast, if you have questions about Hebrew Israel from its uh, scriptorial uh, Tanakh aspect you know send us send us an email at ftf at firsttab.org write to us um, your questions Uh, go to our website uh, at www.firsttab.org firsttab.org and uh, you can click on there and there's a place where you can send us your questions and we'd be more than glad to, to answer because our goal is to serve the purpose of the Most High which is to send out the clarion call for the awakening of Israel mm. and to help the nation of Israel in her diaspora and her exile wherever she is to come to an awakening to recognize who she is if she doesn't know we're here to help you understand that which is the reason why we open tonight with the question how do I know I'm a Hebrew well your start once again start with your DNA search and uh Think it through, read the scriptures, and recognize that the plight that faces people of color is written in one some way. We say it all the time, Davarim chapter 28, 15 to 68. But that's not the only place. Oh, yeah. There are other places yeah. within Torah. That's just one of the strongest places. Mm-hmm. But um, Lamentations uh, bequires the history of the Hebrew people uh, by Ikra Leviticus chapter 26 decries the plight of Hebrew Israel in this diaspora so anyhow that's what I wanted to share with you tonight this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Rabbi Re- Robert B. Holman Jr. oh I'm Sean Appleton no, I thought <laughs> I was introducing myself as Robert B. Holman Jr. but I'm not okay <laughs> but this is Sean Appleton and we've been Hebrews in, in exile, exile. Shalom, Shalom.